All right, you are still part of the conversation. Be a part of it. As you know, that uh, Super Rugby definitely in full flight right now. 060-584-2250. You have watched the games over the weekend. Give me your thoughts. And uh, that is why we had tried early on. And uh, we'll still try within the hour to get hold of Mark Keohane. Uh, I believe we were meant to chat to him at about half past six. Uh, but we will still endeavor to try get him on the line. Why? Because, hey... If you look at the performance in 2017, the Stormers finished with 43 league points. And in 2018, uh, they totaled 29. They scored 18 tries, less, and played one match more. Now, their defensive record was equally poor in both of the seasons. So the collective shows only a plunge from which there won't easily be a liftoff in this year. In 2019. Now, on Saturday, they suffered, yeah, I don't even know what the word to describe it is, but humiliating might be one of them. 43. Not 43. 40 and 3. The defeat against the Bulls. Arguably one of Fleck's worst results since he took over as Thomas coach back in 2016. And that is why we were going to throw this question at Mark Keohane to say, what we are asking tonight is how Robbie Flake keeps his job in spite of poor performances. And when you go back to Keo's article, and he wrote, and I'm quoting here from that article, Robbie Flake's four-year plan uh, with the Stormers is a week into his fourth campaign as head coach of the Stormers, uh, but the Stormers season is hardly or is already over. We'll have to suffer through another failed season when changes could and should have been made and affected long before the 2019 season started. Where else in a professional sport does such coaching mediocrity get tolerated with contract extensions? Only in South African rugby. Never have I known so many coaches to be employed and give so little back by the way of winning. Flex contract won't be extended beyond the season. But he should never have been given the job four years ago. Where is the accountability from those who employed him? The Stormers in Pretoria were shambolic. They were outcoached, outthought, and of course, they were outplayed. Hey, we'll get the views of the panel. Rugby analyst, Sboom Chigeliso. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Tarob. Good evening uh, to the listeners of MSW. Good to have you back, man. Likewise. Good to be back. I I, I watched and I was humiliated mm. myself, mm. although I don't even support the Stormers, but it, it's got nothing to do with loyalty. It has everything to do with what we're seeing and a coach who consistently holds on to a position for so many years. It's diabolical. I think rugby thinks they are professional. Mm-hmm. Fleck is proof that rugby is not as professional as it should be. They are streets behind football. In yeah. football, none of this would be tolerated. Can you imagine waiting 10 months for a contract to expire and then wonder what happened at Loftus? You have to sit through that. Tell me one board of a fit- footballing money-making body never would happen. sit through that at Loftus. It will never happen. It will never happen. And, and I guess the best short sentence that Mark Yohane used... He says, but the Stormers' season is already over. It's done. It's done. Week, week one, North-South Derby, your biggest rival. These yeah. are the, the Stormers' biggest rivals in the competition. Yeah. There is no other team they ought to beat season in, season out, home or away. 
this is the game by which you are judged as a coach by which you as players fire yourself up you lay the marker you say okay all right we beat the bulls at loftus that sets us up for the season mm. or at least at the very least put in a, perfor- a performance befitting you know a team that goes out to win super rugby each and every season which is what the stormers do every season that mm. is part of robbie flex kpis last year he took them out of the playoffs for the first time in eons and then now has proceeded to make them suffer their worst defeat at Loftus since a 75, I think, 14 defeat in 2005. But why and how does he survive? And, and, and exactly what you've mentioned now makes perfect sense because if it is about deliverables, yeah. and, and we've got to go back again, if memory serves me well, yeah. he was one of 80's assistants then. And they were going to try and groom him. It was about the grooming process. Eddie put on a jersey Sna- and he left. He's a snakes oil salesman. He he came up from the under 19s yeah. and under 21s. He was supposed to be groomed by Alistair Kutsia. He was supposed to be lost a little longer than planned before he took up the job in Japan and consequently mm. the job at the box. So when Eddie Jones came in, they, they saw him as one of a pool of coaches that could eventually take over once Eddie Jones moves on. That included uh, John Dobson. That included Hanyani Shimangi, funny enough, who also coached UCT and is a former mm. player. So there were a few there were a few coaches in the system that could have learned from Eddie Jones and could have grown. But then the crisis moment came when Eddie took the job uh, in England without coaching a single game in South Africa. And and that pushed the Stormers into panic mode, giving a job to a a, a sort of um uh, dressing room fella. Right. Um that the the boys wanna have pints with than someone who can coach them to success. And he's he's been bluffing his way through every season ever since and his alchemy and this is the key thing, the key point I want to make is that he is so good at shifting the blame to others. So good, in fact, that there, he has sectors of the media that have dedicated to being his apologist. Never flex fault. But then, but then how do you have media that are not reporting facts, but are reporting fairy tale stories, as we uncovered a couple of a weeks couple ago. A couple of weeks ago, Darab, yeah. yeah. A couple of weeks ago, you had somebody that was bringing out facts out of pretty much nowhere that mm. have been disproven uh, countless times. He didn't come back uh, to... to to, to face a fire right here Never. at MSW and, and back up everything that he writes about. But it's it's nice to sit in Cape Town in a nice cushy environment and, and sit behind a keyboard and, and make claims. But then when those claims are being challenged by one Mr. Manana, it becomes a little tougher to stand behind your point. And he's, he's, he's not alone because Flick draws the sympathy yeah. of, the, of the Cape Town uh, media. Well, some of them. I don't want to say, say all of them because there are those that are very critical of, of Robbie Fleck and, sure. and rightly they should because the Stormers they were critical and Alistair could see when he was making finals Darrow. I know and now they've allowed Fleck to get a free ride into a third and fourth season on the back of what but where are these human beings from Tando Manana good evening welcome to the show sir good evening Rob and uh, good evening to Chawa and to the listeners of Radio 2000 evening Kakeni if you hear the name Robbie Flank, what goes through your mind? How do you describe him as a coach and where he is right now? Rob, one thing I want to say is you, we have to look back where this Robbie Flank guy comes from. He 
he was assistant coach to John Dobson at UCT. In fact, he was not even an assistant coach. He was more of a technical backline coach roped in to come in at Varsity Cup and to coach with John Dobson. He got then an opportunity. The opportunity came uh, via Rasi Rasmus creating a director of coach in 2009 at the Stormers, which then elevated Elista Kutsi to become head coach. And in came then uh, from U UCT into the Stormers setup. Now, you know, the elevation, Rob, had no, if one were to look, uh, there were no uh, a job description that one had to really tick in order for him to get that. He was just appointed. There was no interviews, as is the norm in South African rugby uh, to 2019. Mm. Uh, and then you go through, Rob, and see when he took over. Yes, many people said he came in in 2009, uh, but then he's been involved with Super Rugby since 2010 as assistant coach. Mm. Now, if you count then, Rob, it's nine years, in fact, this year, mm. that the man has been involved at Super Rugby level. And every time there are excuses, but he gets being elevated to that position. Now, there's a name that many people don't mention, Rob Wagner. Rob Wagner, along his cruise, which was then the Stormers board, elevated mm -hmm. him to become head coach of the Stormers. When the talk was John Mitchell all along, Hertzmal, who was the director of rugby, wanted John Mitchell. And we all know it's out there in black and white that Taylor Wakefield and company then changed and reversed mm. due to the, uh, to the former Lions uh, president, uh, the former Springbok Lock. Uh, for, for, for giving notice and just talking, even mentioning players, mm. uh, senior players at the time of the Stormers themselves who did not uh, want John Mitchell. Mm. Uh, the likes of the captain then, Jean de Villiers and company, which then led to what Shmu has just mentioned about the type of person that he is. He's, he's with the, the players, he's having that, uh, you know, that good jovial time with the players, drinking and what have you, because he knows them. <laughs> The distance is not far in between. You won't find that with the, with the coaches of these days, the Joe Smith. Mm. You won't find it with the, the, the Hansen of these days. And therefore, Robert Marawa is then, when he took over after John, uh, John Mitchell was then turned down, Eddie Jones left for England. He then got the job subsequent to that, thanks to the, once again, the board. Flecky then became on and he came on. So, Rob, for me, this was always going to come to this point. Mm. It was really going mm. to test because he, the record has been worse. In 2016, he played 15, won 10, lost 4. In 2017, he played 15, won 10, lost 5. In 2018, just mm. a year ago, he played 16, won 6, lost 10. It's showing sure. there's no improvement. But and how do you keep your job then, Mr. Manana? Is, is this not a results-driven industry? Yes, but there's a contract. Remember, Western Province Stormers, in order for them to release Robbie Fleck, they'll have to pay him out. And then what's the problem but in Cape Town? It's the financial situation of paying him out of his Kajeni, contract. Kajeni, yes. oh, just on the payment side, it, it, yes. the Stormers have the most attendances consistently in Super Rugby. If you do a quick arithmetic and you see, let's say the rugby ticket costs a uh, hundred rand and the stormers get 40,000 people in that stadium for every game that's 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 in the millions that's well in the millions per game mm. and and what is costing the stormers more uh now than than paying out fleck is the fact that they're getting less than 20,000 per game for a union not so long ago that was averaging 40 45,000 
every single game, win or lose at Loftus. Don't you think that it's disingenuous for the board to hold on to the pennies or say from not sacking Fleck and lose the gate that mm. they absolutely are guaranteed at Newlands? I think also, Chawe, I need to also make it a point that, yes, I mean, if one looks at, if you convert the Barmon seat into the, the, the Rands, it would make a sort of sense for you to say you've got something in the kitty, but Western Province rugby as a whole is in dire need of yeah. finances, right? Now, if you take him out, who's the next guy to come in? Is it a Norman Laker? Is it a Darvis Snayman? Is it a Russell Winter? Is it John Dobson? Who then comes in? Double. Me, that's it has to be John Dobson. Right, uh, but, uh, but, but. But here he is. He's part of the, uh, the the technical team. But he himself is a breakdown consultant within the squad. He's not very close at coaching. I understand what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. But Dobbo himself might not want to be the head coach because he refused to become the head coach, rather taking the, the back seat and want to be breakdown. This is a man that rather wants to see him getting a new slate, maybe at the tenure or at the end of his tenure. Because remember, he turned down the offer to go to the Bulls. Remember, he was part of the shortlist. And then he refused. He went out. He said he won't go. He's uh, recusing himself mm. because he wants to stay in, in, in the province. Thus then saying to us, he's waiting for an opportunity for when Flecky goes and then he's the next replacement to come on board so those things have all been put in order it's there but it's just a matter of for example one of the things guys you're not realizing is the the coaching staff has never been made uh, out in the public terrain they didn't it's never been no, it's they never didn't. been on public what it shows it you is you've got then an incompetent board who doesn't take decisions why have you not announced out in full your coaching staff what are you running away from why haven't you then, uh, you know, made those valid key points of saying this is the coaching staff? You know why? Because they do realize that this is an all-white uh, management team and for them it will be egg on their face if they go out because that is why there's back and forth, back and forth mm. because it's of the makeup of the team and that for me is cowardly, uh, 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 you know, leadership from them. It's rather saying we've come on, this is the situation, but we will announce this team, but in due time, our president who, yes, is speaking on 365.com and blah, blah, via podcast, but is unavailable on other media uh, uh, platforms for us to hear. And that, for me, has always been the brand, is why our leaders are spineless to the core, that they can't come forward and address what they stood for in terms of their manifesto for those positions that they all wanted. Gajeni, uh, 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 why is he so quiet? He's the director of rugby and we're talking about a rugby crisis here yes yes the board is in dire yeah. straits but the board has been in dire straits for for quite some time now and they have made changes they brought in zaltmaria as president and Thelo wakefield has been succeeded um why is helsma quiet is the director of rugby well, well it, you know, the nice thing about director of rugby, Shmoo, I'm going to say this. If you look at Rassi Rasmus, he says it's his last year coaching the Springboks. He wants to uh. take the role of director of rugby. For me, it's not, it's not a manner that he wants to be always on the, on the media. It's a way of saying, I want to be behind the curtains. I'm running oh. the show, but I'm behind the curtains. It's mm. what's been happening. Remember, Khersmal himself wanted an extension of three years, which he didn't get. Uh, because his tenure also comes to an end. In fact, every coach in the Western Province or Stormers group 
contracts end come October. So everyone is sort of waiting to see what is going to happen with their future. The coaches I mentioned earlier on, their contract comes to an end in October. Everyone's, including Paul through, they all come down at the end of October. So you find that there's a lot of question marks in terms of where the union will be going come 2020. Uh, mm. because they've not made those critical and vital uh, announcement of saying what's going to happen. They still need to talk to the coaches. People like Gersmal, in fact, now he's already being looked at in going through to Japan already mm. because what is happening for them, it's about looking after uh, themselves, getting those opportunities. And he goes, but what was there before is he had wanted initially a three extension. What I wanted to know is what was the original plan, though, with Paul True? Mm. That's a big elephant in the room, Tarab. Yeah. But what was the plan? What You can't just bring somebody who spearheaded the Sevens into the glory that they did, and then you bring him in and expect him to behave like his little boy with no expertise and no history. I, I think if I can just go before Ukajeni chimes in here, is that the original plan was uh, probably to, to broaden the, the coaching setup. Mm. Um, I can see the vision because you're bringing in a Siabelo Sinatla, right. who's a sevens specialist, but he wants to play 15s. And at the time, Siabelo was being touted as a replacement for Brian Habala at Springbok level. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had the raw skills, but we just needed to mold him into a 15, 15s player. Paul True, best placed man to know both codes, especially if yes. coming from the sevens background. Add that your your Ruan Nels, your Werner Cox, your 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 Justin Hedels, these are all sevens players who are going in who are part of the Western province mm-hmm. setup, plus any more that they feel like they might contract in the future. Then erroneously somehow he became the defense coach. I don't know if that was just to find him a, a position within the setup. There it was said that he didn't do a good job, which mm-hmm. is not true. The Stormers had one of the best defenses in the competition tied least tries conceded in his first season 2015 uh with the highlanders they Mm -hmm. only conceded 23 tries that season and um but then the role shifted and with fleck taking over things were obviously destined to be tense because you're promoting a kid basically over an experienced man Mm -hmm. paul true a decade plus coaching a national team has to report to a former player with no coaching experience, yeah. no credentials, part of the boys, um, you know, another another blonde head, former Western Province rugby player. So think about it. It's 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 that old, you know, you get called a boy mm-hmm. no matter how old you are as a man kind of scenario. And that's exactly why it's led to Paul True, one of the most experienced coaches in that setup, being frozen and put to the side for somebody that has proven to be very inept at his job. Hmm. I think that was broad. In fact, it, it, it cut it, it cut through um, a lot of what a lot of people might sugarcoat. Uh, Mr. Manana, y- you've heard what Mchigaliso says about the role of Paul True, the original role, which obviously has now become contentious because when you start creating stories about an individual which are are, are false, it it becomes problematic because it then presents to us the real reason why you brought the person there in the first place. 
Yeah, certainly. But then, Rob, we've got to also remember that, uh, you know, you reap what you sow. That for me is important, is you find that um, with all his vast experience mm. uh, that Paul True had, uh, you know, he was already uh, painted as, uh, you know, uh, someone who was really in, in, in everyone's way uh, in terms of progress going forward. Uh, and yet this is a guy that is a true disciplinarian. This is a guy who's waited his turn. Uh, but knew that his day will come for him to also, you know, be be part of the 15-man game, as he's proven in the sevens game. Mm. He was poached in 2015, Rob. In Kenya, he was poached by the same province. Therefore, saying that they had plans, uh, mm. you know, for, for, for you. Why would he have left Kenya uh, when he had just started after he had left the Moby unit or Saru at that time? And then go back to Cape Town because he saw an opportunity to come in and work. In fact, when he came as a defense coach, many people had said that this guy would fail, not realizing that in sevens he had worked both on attack and defense. Mm. And it proved in 2016 when the Stormers were the best by far. Uh, when you look at the, the defensive mm. stats, that they were the best team jointly, in fact, uh, with the Highlanders mm. as the best defensive side in 2016. And yet this is a guy that has just been brought and, and poached in 2015. Surely, Robert, that's, that's a good purchase. Surely that's a great investment. But then what happened along the way? All of a sudden, he's been made this villain of somebody that because we have all these problems, it is because of this individual. And yet you protect the guy that is actually the one who is feeding Wrong information to journalists because he's trying to destroy a career of mm. another great coach within the same system and setup. Yes, Robert Marawa, the John Dobson, they are very good coaches, but they are coaches who understand what happens within that bowl of coaches that they, you get jealous, you try and feed information, even if it's false, for you to hang on to that job. So there was there was talk that he would, he, uh, uh, you know, you look at uh, Fleck would get a job in Wales. Mm. There's already that talk already. Mm. It's there. It, 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 that is also a, a way of threatening the employers. You get rid of me. I'm, I've already got. So they also left in the limbo. But for me, it was up to, again, the same individual who was poached to say, I take a decision. I will move. It's, it's him who took that decision, Rob. He mm. was not suspended. He was not placed on leave. He said he will want to. He doesn't want to interfere with the team. He will recuse himself and put himself on the sideline so that the team can work in harmony without him. Because already he knows what is being said behind uh, the, the the print and electronic media about this individual because of people who are spreading these rumors. For example, once again, I say that players will believe what they read. Players will believe anything that the coach says because everything depends on that individual who is the head coach of a team. And, and I mean, how, how ironic, though. I mean, you, you guys were chatting just now about, uh, you know, Sevens Rugby and some of the individuals. And you look at a guy like Roscoe Speckman and, and, and the kind of game that he had. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, exactly. So, you know, I, mean, I was actually going to go to that. And I was saying, like, no you way, fire guys. the guy no. that would know how to stop a Roscoe Speckman. Or you freeze him out. He's not yeah. fired. You freeze out the guy that will know how to stop a Dylan Sage, how to stop a Roscoe Speckman. What do the Bulls do? What do the Bulls do? They turn around and they absolutely massacre the Stormers' defense. So who are you going to blame now? Is it Paul True's fault again? Yeah, exactly. I mean... But, but Rob, yeah, here's an interesting fact. Yeah. I tweeted last week and I said, you know, <laughs> Robbie Fleck goes and picks J.J. Engelbrecht. 
<laughs> on the wing. Yes. He goes and pick Espe Marie. Those are not wingers, mm. Rob, at this level. Mm. Yet you have Sergio Peterson, a natural wing, mm. was part of the box squad just a couple of months ago. Did not get an opportunity to play his first test, but for you, he's definitely someone to look at. And what happened? Look at Rocco Specky. What mm. did Specky do? Spec against magic. The, mm. Yeah, mm. against Spec the magic. big man. Because yeah. you want... <laughs> the, the thought is simple. Spec magic. The, the thought Wait. was very simple. Run over a guy like Speckman. Right. Show him what uh, Super Rugby is about. It just turned around. Speckman. It, and you know you know what, Gajen, I also found uh, absolutely diabolical is that you know you, you, you have a height advantage against Speckman. Yeah. Where the kicks behind him. You know that he he's he doesn't have the space that he will enjoy in sevens rugby. Where 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 is the positioning play to to close out the gaps, make sure that the chasers are on him like quickly. Mm. The guy had a field day. Had mm. a field day. He had the the the, the freedom of of Ikamanga up in Loftus. No, yeah. without a doubt. Just his, his his conditioning, his ability, his timing. I mean, everything. He was just superior at every stage as well. And I see you mentioned him in your SA team of the week, round one. Um, Mr. Manani had Ukoboga, Akar, Trevor, Marvin, Luet, Ruan as well, uh, Tyler Paul being there, Juan, Ambrose, Pollard, Speckers being there, uh, Berger, Amnaye, Usbu, Warwick. Hey, if this was the way to go, man. Rob? It's not easy for you because one would say, where's the Maria Skuman? He scored a hat-trick. Yeah. But then you don't look at someone scoring as a flanker. You look at the primary job as a coach or as someone who's looking at really an overall player that gave his all, for example. Mm. Many people would all select Malcolm Marx, but yet Akar van der Merwe for me was the best hooker of the weekend, Robert Mara. Yes, he scored two, but then he had two critical tight heads. He did everything that was needed for him in Japan in, 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 against the Sun Wolves. But then you look at that and, and you mm. wait. You've got to weigh according, and that's what I'm doing. I'm being very much not subjective, but objective to if I'm going to put someone. Uh, Lizard Kaboka, for example, yes, didn't start off well in the first 10, 15, mm. but then he finished off a much stronger. Now, it says that he's built his repertoire throughout. A guy like Upoli, for example, if he had started, he would have been in that lineup, but he did so well in a way that he's part of the team and mm. he might start very soon for the Bulls. So these things, Rob, you've got to watch the full 80 minutes and look at the core responsibility of each and every positional play of a player and not go only on reputation, which most of the people would want to go because it's merely on reputation, but really to look and say, right, he scored tries, but the fundamental did he do the principal job of that certain position. That's what rugby is about, Robert Murrow. You look that, yes, the Stormers had balls. They went forward. They tried to attack. But yet the last time they put points on board was mm. in the eighth minute of the first half. Whatever they did thereafter, Robert Morrow, for me, it would be something that I would take note of as much as they tried. But it just shows you they had one style. They didn't mm. have an option B. They couldn't really look to anyone. Even when Sia went off, it can't be because your captain has gone off, then the team can't think. You've got a player of the year just within the squad. 
playing with you, Peter Steph Dutoy. Surely the leadership then has to kick in as well. You've got Bongim Bonambi. They've been there as well. Mm. But look what is happening. This coming weekend as they come and play, who do they drop? They drop a, a Damien Willemse. He's the one that goes down. What about the two wingers where you found JJ Engelbrecht, in fact, coming to tackle a fly-off in Henry Pollard, leaving Velkolo, putting Dylan Lids on the wing, and yet you had no fullback. And that's why Speckman, when he sidestepped, he had no one really to tackle him because everyone was, mm. uh, was, was in one line on a defensive line because of that error made by someone who's a springbok, someone who's played at outside center in the green and gold. But then once again, what happens is there's no one really taking a justice of saying, if you perform badly and you put me under the spot, I'm going to drop you. Yet you go and drop a guy uh, called Damien Willems, the only one out of the starting team coming this weekend. Uh, amazing. And, uh... and I was impressed, though. I saw this tweet pop up uh, over the weekend uh, from Ashfaq Mohammed, who says, I wonder yeah. if the Stormers players are already on their supposed strike. Perhaps they started <laughs> last year when they ended 11th on the overall Super yes. Rugby log. Mm. Yes. Mm. And I mean, that cut, that mm. cut to the Ashford chase. Doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't mess around. Yeah, no, no, no holds barred there. It doesn't in, mess around. In fact, Rob, what it says is these are people that know their rugby. Yeah. For, for them, not mm. even having an interest to go to a, a Stormers uh, training, it tells you they know what is currently happening there. There's no use for them to go there because they'll waste their time. What they'll wait for, they'll wait for the results, and the result came on Saturday. But then how, how do we go, gentlemen, from having had a John Mitchell in charge, right? We're talking about caliber of coaching. All right, we'll take your thoughts as well. 0605842250089 uh, That's the number to dial first. Uh, exciting weekend that we saw as far as Super Rugby is concerned. Uh, all of those, if you're a Stormers fan, maybe you also got your breakdown and analysis of it. How did you go from John Mitchell to Eddie Jones probably coming in to what we have right now in the situation of Robbie Fleck? We'll take your answers. Rob, this is Sianda in Cape Town. I just want to jump onto the Robbie Flack issue first and foremost. The issue for me is very simple. The Stormers have been, you know, highly undercoached. You know, that's the first thing that we, you know, I can talk about the game last Saturday. But the issue of the game last Saturday is not new. It's just one of many failures that we've known over the years. I think Mark Ioane is correct in his analysis of how Robbie Flack has came. My point here, Rob, is very simple. Rob Lefrak has been wearing the, the jacket of privilege, if I were to call it that. That has kept him warm, you know, and comfortable in the role, despite the team having been sitting in the cold alone, you know, not getting, getting results. For me, this is very, you know, pathetic for, for anyone, you know, who's serious about South African rugby to have kept a man of this caliber into that kind of a job for this long. He should have long left. In fact, he should be leaving as a matter of the next game because there's no way that the Stormers are going to pull out of this thing anytime soon. The worst part about it, Rob, is that our national team captain is part of this shambolica, pathetic team called the Stormers. That's where the problem is with me. I'm worried about the fact that Sia Colisi is part of that pack and is leading that pack as well. That's the problem I have with having Fleck coaching the Stormers further on this season. Uh, good evening, Rob. Again, this is what you see. Yeah. On, on, on the Stormers versus the... Um the blue bulls april rob i think we saw it coming when when that superhero thing was was in cape town we we, we saw the the, the um, how stormers are in fact in fact i'm happy the way stormers are bra, rob i hate them i'm not a fan of his stormers i just feel feel sorry for see but i'm not a fan of his stormers 
but on the blue bulls issue i just want to ask one question on on your on your, on your panel in studio how does look the captain the blue bulls while you have about chili poera lapele about Dwayne famielen and the the boy who plays the fly half i forgot his name how does he captain on top of the of those boys to me that doesn't make sense prarop i'm sorry i'm not undermining the guy but he, he he's not a captain material at all at all prarop which you see here from pe quite fitting that spoo is there as he's a diehard um stormer supporter it's just quite um disappointing and you know enraging that uh, robbie flick is still at the helm for what reason no one knows um there's been calls from each and every corner of south africa for robbie flick to go down and it seems as if no one is listening and they just they just keep on having him and i think i think them losing that money of the contract or whatever it may be it's small waters to what stormers can become if they have a very good coach like a Dean Davids and you know a Peter De Villiers. but i know those are not on top of the list they'll probably find some other guy in a corner somewhere and just put him there all right, plenty of uh, voice notes that are coming through 0605842250. And of course, rugby analyst Usbu Mchigeliso is here in studio. Uh, we do have uh, Tando Manana as well in our PE studios and will reflect on exactly what your voice notes have been asking and saying and commenting, including the fact that we've had a revelation uh, that Usbu is a yeah. Stormers fan. Unbelievable. I, all allegations. I, never, I never knew, Rob. I hey, knew. You should have seen his face yeah. here. His face. No, he's exposed. It's, it's, which commission is this? The room divider commission. It has to be. Zondo's You're, too busy. Hey. Yeah, no, I don't know who agrees with me right now, but yeah. We can't take this anymore. All right, quick yeah. score update. A different ball shape. It is round, not oblong. As sundowns have taken the lead against Bulgwani City. It's 1-0 in the 11th minute. The man that's on fire right now, uh, that is Utemba Zwan Ubabangete, uh, scoring there for sundowns. We'll give you uh, everything that happens if and when it does. Usbu is in Durban. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Spoo. Yes. Uh, good evening to the gents there. That's uh, no, 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 not again. Evening, hello, evening, Mabura. Yeah, no, quickly, Rob. Uh, I just want to touch base um, on the game against East Thomas against the Blue Bulls. Mm. Even though my team is Sharks, they win the game. But I'm not going to win the game because I'm not going to we didn't play that way. But Aye, 45 10. Talk, That's a beautiful um, score, man. Hey? Mm. I just want to talk about the, the, the Stormers game, Rob. I, I agree to people who are saying Rob Flag uh, is taking the team down and whatnot. But I, I just want to uh, say to the to the gents in studio that let, let, let's be honest when we analyze rugby. I remember last year when Umbonambi had a good game for Springboks, but he was subbed early. Mm. We, we all complained. This weekend, six line-outs, Rob. Six line-outs at the Springbok. You know, you, you do that thing every day. Six line-outs. I don't know. Sometimes the line-outs, you can't find your jumpers. Your jumpers are not really jumping or the lifters because it's a combination of the board. But when Tubeni came in, there was a different story. You know what I mean? So I, I would really like to, to the guys to, to touch based on to that. I mean, when, when the guy didn't do well... We need yeah. to, to, mm, to criticize mm, him, mm, but yes. um, in a sense that we we, 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 we we criticize him into the right direction. Bonambi, on, on, on Saturday, he was nowhere. You can know what I, mean? can I touch also, on uh, Spoo's point? Also, yeah, uh, just hold on there, Spoo. Let's okay, make it a nice chat. Yeah, go ahead, Spoo. 
Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, oh, not, not you. No, when you said Tewin, Baba, you, you're catching um, the waves. Just, on, just before you move on from that um, Bonambi point, um, I'm told that the calls are made by Peter Steph Tutoy at number seven. So ordinarily, the number five would make the calls. So there's a little bit of confusion there as far as the lineouts are concerned. And Umbonambi did redeem himself after what had happened in Australia where there was a long lineout and he was su- substituted early. And even there, the coach said Sia Kolisi had made that call, which is still within doubt, as Peter Steph Tutoit is a recognized caller of lineouts in the Bok and Stormer's setup. He went to France. If you remember the France game where the Bok were losing, Bonambi came on and, and hit four out of four and scored the winning try um, into the lineout. So now the key thing is you need to then ask yourself, is it Bonambi or is it the caller? Because if you look at Marco Marx, who's also been criticized of calling, he had a, a 100% record in Buenos Aires against the, the Jaguars who have one of the best lineouts and and Marvin Ori was doing the calls there so um I, I, I think I think I'm beginning to see the real picture as to why Bongin Bonambi's throwing goes up and down and why Marco Marx as well has been criticized heavily for poor throwing I don't think it's necessarily the thrower but the, the caller calls. Yeah, yeah, but also, Smoo, it's also important to ask the qu- whose responsibility then is it to make the calls? Because then you had a, a young man, Murat, who's coming in at lock, and then you've got Shikaling there. So those are your inexperience. Obviously, they won't make the calls. But then it's got to be someone senior within the team mm. to make the calls. Not necessarily Peter Steph if he's standing at number seven, because from him to move from the back to the front to make calls, it doesn't make sense. But also, at the time, the captaincy then comes into play also the, the the leadership group because Luot was always contesting and therefore Luot was doing all these uh, injustice for 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 for, for Bonambi. but then you needed to to have a different strategy go rather for short man line out then see if it works if it doesn't work then you look for something else those are quite critical things as a hooker you've got to find your jumpers Usmu is correct there's no excuse you've got to do your primary job that I spoke about earlier on you've got to scrum you've got to put in the rest is a bonus for you if you are good in play but you've got to do the primary work first all right Usmu in Durban I just want yes, I, I just I agree with Uke again, and but I just want to to, to finish off um, about the sharks that up that um, uh, in as much as people they are against transformation, we see transformation is working in rugby. The the under nineteen captain of the sharks, uh, U Pepsi uh, Buchelezi, the the the, the, the unbeaten under nineteen. Let me put it like that. Was captained by him uh, last season. Uh, mm. He, he made his debut for the Sharks. I mean, we need to clap for that. Hey, Smoot, did you did you watch did you watch varsity rugby, my friend? Sorry. Hey, did you watch a bit of varsity rugby? Yes, I do. Oh man, hey, what I saw yesterday, I was just like, my goodness, and it was exciting. There were individuals there uh, that I looked at, and I thought to myself, you know what? If everything was fair in this world, we would have a completely different makeup mm. of a rugby team mm. heading off to a World Cup in 2019. But obviously, we're dealing with all sorts of yeah, okay. Let me not even say the word. But all I'm yes. saying is watch Varsity Rugby. Try and keep it consistent because you will be amazed. Yeah, Rob. Basically, why I was making a point of Pepsi, where there's no rugby. You know, we see the transformation. We've managed to get the player from and then he came through the ranks of Isaac's Academy. Look where he is. So I think... 
uh, we need to, to really clap where Let me not eat your time, Rob. No, Give thanks so much. Time. I really appreciate it. And we see it in cricket as well. Uh, you know, guys coming through from a Kranskop. Uh, but they are, you know, top bowlers uh, within the Proteas right now. And you ask yourself, can we imagine? People always talk about traditional-based rugby uh, schools or traditional-based rugby or cricket areas. And it does not hold. Trust me. And, and the one thing, guys, between the two of you, that a lot of the voice notes were, were talking about, it was a consistent message that was saying, Maybe they don't care about the Stormers. They don't really worry about them. They don't support them. But the biggest worry is the fact that the Springbok captain Mm. plays for that franchise. And what does that mean? Is there a direct link? Rob, you know, I've stated before that the captaincy job of a national team means that that person who's given the throne is number one. And thus, it is very important that uh, if he were to find uh, a situation that this could cost him his captaincy, then it means that, uh, you know, drastic measures has to be taken. Mm. Uh, we've seen it in the past from past uh, and previous uh, Springbok captains who themselves uh, looked for uh, other ways and means for the team to perform because then also his, uh, his captaincy is in jeopardy. Remember what Rassi said, if Sia is in form mm. or is on form, yes, He'll be considered to captain the squad, but in good health. So he's got those two words of saying, you've got to be on form. You've got to be fit for you to take over that captain's armband going into the into the Rugby World Cup. Now, what will happen? Uh, he, he was injured. All of a sudden, I hear that he's in the starting 15 uh, for, for the Stormers. He's in Monaco, but already he's selected. He's in Monaco. He's on mm. his way to South Africa. You know, so why not give him a break? Let him come back and just when he comes back, start him off the bench. You've got your, uh, you know, uh, 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 this guy's coming back, Eben Etzebeth. Mm. They're coming back. They'll be on the bench, Rob. But then once again, he comes in. Tomorrow, there's no training. Basically, he's got Thursday to come in and slot in. It's a different ball game this week. Players haven't seen the captain. Yes, he's been to Monaco. But then why do you put him there? Why don't you have an agreement mm. saying, look, mm. this is a game mm. that I'm going to put you on the bench and start you from there. You've got to build the confidence of the captain as well. Let him have a say from wherever he is. It's easier. We're busy with electronic media nowadays. You can DM even your coach if you can't get hold of you going forward. <laughs> but for me, what is important is this is the situation and the type that I would like to see is players and coaches having a very similar respect for one another and also not really putting Usia under so much pressure that you want him to fail. Usia must come back and saying that he would rather play off the bench because he's still mm. the team captain. He's still, mm. he still got the armband, but mm. he had to also go and represent us in Monaco. Mm. Everyone knows we were voting for him. Oh, of course we were. I mean, Laurius Awards, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't win it in the end, yes. um, but that, that, that's the nature of the beast of these awards. All right, when yes. you come back from the break, I'm going to find out from you gentlemen uh, if you had to cast the net pretty wide, who would make a very good coach at the Stormers? Uh, maybe you at home as well can help us 0605842250 Robbie Deans will it be Jake White would it be Peter De Villiers Paul True or Chester Williams Hashtag NSW Alright we are getting closer to the news and I did pose a question to you gentlemen Mr. Manana you want to start who would be the best suited uh, if we had to cast that net wide to take over this job Rob, first and foremost, um, I, I, I'll give you four names. Uh, one would be John Dobson, two, Dion Davids. Uh, three would be Stuart Lancaster. Uh, 
and the fourth one um, to certainly get his opportunity would be Paul True. Those four. Smooth. I I I'll put Dobo Dobo ahead um of the pack. Very good list, Gajeni. I'll put Dobo ahead of the pack. But I'll equip him with um, someone with good rugby knowledge. Uh, gentlemen, I think we need to not look very far. Peter De Villiers is part of this show. Is yeah. I think he is qualified, knowledgeable, experienced enough to be a director of rugby in his home province. Yeah. I think egos need to be put aside from the people that make those decisions in the Cape. And it's time to bring Peter de Villiers back from Zimbabwe. Let him take over from uh, Gert Small and let Dobo coach the kids that he coached to under 19 Curry Cup wins, under 21 Curry Cup wins, and the Curry Cup win. Um, all these players... They come out from John Dobson's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole lot. So I think it's time the board turns around and say, Dobo, you're the guy. We back you. and But we need to equip him with someone with the experience so that they transform them into a winning side. In Rassi Rasmus's hands, these players beat the All Blacks in New Zealand for the first time in a decade. Sia Kolisi led that team. There is no reason why he can't lead the Stormers to success as captain. They play against the Lions over the weekend. It's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen! Never that's rains, a tough. Pause. That's that's a tough one. Eh? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's another it's another local derby, but yeah. uh, maybe because of the Newlands faithfuls, um, you know, they they could uh, get a good spring from behind to really uh, sort of. Uh, uh, do well in front of their supporters, but also remember the Lions themselves, um, you know, winning for the very first time in Argentina. Uh, you know, it's also yeah. something, mm-hmm. it's a big step up. And, and, and once again, uh, you know, egos aside, I think a guy like Sways De Brain, uh, who already smelling the green and gold jacket of being the head coach of the Springbok, would want to have a really clinical year. I mean, the Lions have faced three defeats in a final over the last uh, three three years. Mm. You know, you look at a bullside uh, who have changed coaches uh, in the last three years, and yet he's been part of, of the coaching staff. He's been at the helm as a coach. He's lost three of those finals. Certainly, he would want to, to really uh, make sure that his team does well, and for him to get points on the road, it all bodes well for the Lions. So, therefore, it's a big ask. It's a big task. Thus, thus, I was always just wanting to find if there's going to be major changes. And for me, I was very surprised that there's minimum changes from the Stormers group and therefore getting another opportunity to redeem themselves. Maybe uh, the saying from the coach that they had an off day. We'll see if they, have, if they report for duty come Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> we'll redirect the conversation next week, gentlemen. Within the room, dividers. Boom, Chigilisa. Thank you so much indeed for coming through, right? be analyst as well as you mr manana thank you so much roberto and you know what we take away from today's discussion which came through from one of the voice notes <laughs> do you know what it is yes it's the jacket stop wearing the jacket of privilege bye-bye jacket of privilege